And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. I got you here. I get it's like I'm sitting in front of a piece of history right now, so that's exciting. <laughs> oh gosh, <Is> that right? <laughs> that's what it feels like. I when I talk to people about uh art toys, like your name comes up regularly. Oh, is that right? That's cool, yeah. And it seems like you're a humble person because it's like you, you, I've watched videos on your work and I've seen your work, and you, you, it's nonchalant now, right now. Like, that's cool. But we, it was, it's just rad to hear about it. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad y'all, I mean, I'll tell you anything you want to know for sure. So I'm still, yeah, I, I really loved doing it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I collect toys myself, and, you know, we have an arcade, so I'm running that now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it's all been the last few years, been a dream. So, which is awesome. So this, uh, I don't know if you've heard an episode or not, but this epi- or this podcast is all about toy artists um, okay. from all over the area. So we've had some professional ones where they come in, um, they've designed things like Street Sharks, which is cool. Um, kind new, of awesome, yeah. Yeah, new artists that have come through uh, that are just starting during the pandemic and now I'm going through and finding old artists that don't really do and make toys anymore, but we're the right. front runners for so many of us. Very cool. Yes. Do you make toys too? I do. I, I operate under Yucko Toys. Fantastic, man. I'll yeah. have to look your stuff up. That's really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, with this one, it, it's usually about like what they're currently making, but a lot of this is going to be history because I'm interested in when you started and what it was like and all those things. So do you want to introduce yourself first? My name's Mike Woods. Um, I'm, I live in Fort Worth, Texas. I made uh, some toys under the name Falcon Toys. And uh, for a time, you know, I felt like it was uh, a really, it was just a really cool moment, you know, and yeah. uh, I'm hoping I will make toys again one day. I just got to get when you start a business, you kind of have to be on top of it for a while and then it gets a little easier and a little easier and I'll be able to go back to making toys. I have stuff that was in production when this whole business venture came about and there it's literally just sitting there in that, oh, in man. that state. So, um, some pre-production stuff and, and then some stuff that's like literally sitting on my workbench upstairs that just yep, ceased at that point. So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, under Falcon toys, I made, you know, some great, I, I felt like some really great stuff that people seem to really like. So I, I yeah. hope they do anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the one that comes up the most that like when I search up 
who you were gonna for sure talk about it it's the pop art oh yeah yeah, yeah. It comes up so much and people doing reviews and blogs about just this one piece right which is so, it's so crazy yeah so back then i i would make a schedule for the year because i had a full-time job at the time mm-hmm. and uh i would have to you know I don't really like to say grind, you know, but it was just something I really loved to do. And, uh, you know, I was inspired by other great artists too. And, uh, so when you start, you, you'll make a project, a few projects, and then you start really planning. And I would plan a big toy, like something I had to knew I was going to have to mold a lot of pieces for mm. and moving parts and a lot of paint work and packaging and the whole bit. And then I would usually do, more what I would think was more of a simplified toy that I was like, okay, I can do this one quicker, get a few more out and there'll be, you know, something to fill the space between the big stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I won't get burned out as bad. And, um, that's what that fill in space was the, uh, Hans, the frosted Han Solo, you know, pop art. And, uh, I didn't think much of it at the time like i thought oh this is a cool idea that's awesome i'll do a little <laughs> packaging and it'll be neat and uh, catchy and, and really really fun and uh i did it and sold out really quick you know and it was just like done that i'm done with that and uh everyone's like oh it's awesome idea how fun great gone yeah about a month later uh this food network or not the food network it's some sort of food bloggy thing mm-hmm you know, picks finds pictures that I took because I try to make pictures look like it was real food, you know, <laughs> when I did it. Yeah. I like them. I had them in like a pan and then I had some on a plate with like orange juice and milk and stuff like it was yeah. breakfast. Um, anyway, they, they ran this like little story on it and all of a sudden the internet started blowing, this thing started blowing up and uh, me being ignorant to everything, you know, I'm just like, I don't, all this is going on. Someone says, Hey, you're trending on Facebook. And I said, what is that? What are you talking about? I don't even know. And, uh, all of a sudden that, that kind of blew up. So that was a big piece. And then there was so much demand for it. And I was like, well, I got to stop what I'm doing on this bigger project and go back and make more of these. And, um, uh, I got a cease and desist letter from, uh, Kellogg. Okay. Tell me to, tell me to stop, you know, that too close to a product we have is how it was worded. And so then I had to take it all off the website for a little while. And then I was like, after it, and I just made a bunch and sold some more. And that was it. You know, I was like, oh, last run. And, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so funny that it's like, that's too close to a product. No shit. It's a pop. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been so easy for them to capitalize on it and be like, yeah, we sponsor totally. this artist. Right. And instead, they got to shit Something. on you. Yeah. Anything. I think that. You know, at the time, I remember Killer Bootleg did a, uh, they did uh, Eastbound and Down character, the character, you know, and uh, it was in a starting lineup package. It looked really cool. And uh, I think he got a cease and desist, Pete got a cease and desist from, if, you know, memory's going at this point, but yeah. from HBO, you know. <laughs> and it was, so anyone that got a cease and desist on something, it was like, you know, and there's always a brushback pitch, you know, it wasn't yeah. like they're going to like come after us for the, of dollars we made at the time or whatever but um 
it was always kind of a pride point. You're like, oh, all right, cool. You know, we, we hit close enough to the heart that someone had to say something. Yeah. So, Do you, you still know, have that letter that they sent? It was an email. They oh. emailed it to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get like... a letter. Pete got a letter. I was, okay. you know, that's kind of good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got an email. So. But, that uh, is... Yeah, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. That's for sure the comeback right there. When you do come back to toys, there's your backer. Just the, hey, remember me? <laughs> yeah, remember me, uh, Kellogg? So uh, anyway, pretty fun. I love that. So That's we're going to start. I love that we dove in, but we're going to start from the beginning, from when okay. we started and all of that. So uh, take us back to the beginnings of you starting into toys, or we can step back even further and like, what's your relationship with toys? Are you, have you always been the collector? Oh my God. So, you know, you got to go back to, I was a eighties kid, obviously, you know, I was born in very late. So I was born in 78. So uh, when star Wars toys hit as a kid, I remember I had, you know, I think my favorite color was green. I hadn't seen star Wars mm -hmm. and I went into Kmart and they had a, a Yoda figure. You know, that was the very yeah. first toy that I ever saw it, that I was like, Oh my God, I want this. And I got it home and you turn around and you see all the packaging, you see all the figures on the back of the card that you can collect, collect all, you know, whatever it was at the time, 43 or whatnot. So anyway, you, as you grow up you're saying to your family, I'm going to have toys forever. Yeah. You know, I love them. <laughs> and they're like, whatever, you'll be interested in girls or whatnot. Yeah. Cars, and you won't care about toys. And that happened for like, you know, like you know, I was always interested in girls and cars and all that fun stuff, but it was that um, time from about maybe 13 to 17 that I didn't mm -hmm. mess with toys. And I remember being, you know, 16, 17 years old and finding one of my old Star Wars action figures at my grandmother's house. I was like, man, I should go back and try to collect all these. And <laughs> man, I did. You know, yeah. like I have thousands of star wars toys upstairs you know just a huge room full of them i absolutely love them and gone to so many toy shows and conventions and things i couldn't even count and uh that was really my love for years and years and years i i just collected star wars toys. and um from that so that's my relationship to them i, I love them you know i was literally there was a big sale that went in on sunday of like some of the rarest foreign star wars figures that mm -hmm. you'll ever see and there's one i've been looking for for years end up being going for way more money than i want to spend on it but yeah i was there i was like refreshing my phone like okay i just want to see what the price is i'm prepared you know <laughs> and i didn't end up buying it but it was really really neat um, yeah so i was at a convention and it was like star wars celebration i think and i was looking something up and i saw something called a mutant Jawa. Mm -hmm. And it was a Jawa. It was based, I'm looking at it. I think I was looking up something Uze because I was trying to show someone like a bootleg toy looks like. I typed in bootleg toys, see this mutant Jawa. And this was one of, uh, it was one of killer bootlegs, very first figures. And it's a Jawa and he's basically very simple. All one piece resin Jawa and a little packaging with a little stapled, card on it and he had yoda's legs and yoda's arms which looks creepy you know yeah. like a little mutant jaw his arms are freaky and i was like what is this and they're in different colors so this is amazing and i you know wasn't that expensive so i ordered one 
and I got it and I'm just, I was blown away. And I said, I think I can do something like this. This is cool. I have all these broken toys. I'd made tons of custom figures out of broken toys that I'd bought, you know, secondhand. And I was like, I can take these custom toys that I've made before and just cast them. And that's kind of where it started. And you start with like a head swap is like the easiest thing. And then yeah. different colors of resin and different paints and, you're doing these kind of clear castings and metallic castings and glitter castings and uh, just really fun stuff from there. That's how I slipped into that, you know, that scene, the indie toy scene. So you see that first toy from Killer, you buy it. What year are we talking here? Like 2012-ish? Oh, God. It's all blurry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. Okay. 20. 12 13 somewhere in there i'm not positive but yeah that would it would have to be in that time frame i would guess rad and i think what's cool to hear just even the beginnings is that's how so many toy artists start right like it's oh, like I oh i so, could yeah. do this i yeah, yeah. they pick up a piece yeah. and they cut up some shit and throw it together and it's the best i love it yeah. so when you were learning right this is all new and now we have smooth on coming out of our ears and everything but mm -hmm. When you were first learning and you thought, this is what I want to do, what was that process for you? Like, was it tough to figure out all the things you needed to do? You know, the first thing you want to do is you don't, you, everything at the beginning to me seems like it starts with, okay, we're going to swap a head. Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's like, you know, you got this uh, you know, Admiral Akbar's body with, you know, whoever, Boba Fett's head, you know, and, and that's how it starts. And you paint that different colors and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you look around and that is literally, it's kind of what everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, I have to really need, I need to come up with an idea that doesn't look like I'm creating the same thing someone else is, you know, an imitation is the best form of flattery, but if you're trying to do something that's, that's your own, then it, you, I think you feel better about that. Mm -hmm. And I started trying to just think of things that were, you know, made some sort of sense or I could build some sort of story or narrative or something around. Uh, but then first, like, you got to figure out, okay, how do you do this? And, you know, I started just reading up on and watching YouTube videos on how to make other things out of plastic. Because there really wasn't like, this is how you make a bootleg action figure. Yeah. You know, that wasn't the tutorial out there. But there were tutorials on how to make like resin bracelets mm -hmm. and things like, and, uh, and how to cast. And then the first thing. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray. We're saved in DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! From there is you're like, okay, I all these bubbles. How do I get rid of all these bubbles? Yep. You know, fingers are missing, noses and ears and stuff. And I learned about how to build a pressure pot. So I was like, okay, well, I need to build a pressure pot. I need to get a, uh, you know, an air compressor. And I got to blow these bubbles out of here. And uh, that's how it starts. And then proper venting in the mold. So you, you know, can you, you know, you get the little trees hanging off the, the, the flag or whatnot. You cut away. But 
Yeah, so it, that really was it. I ordered smooth on stuff and, you know, got it in the mail and tried to use it before it expired on the shelf, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, the same thing everybody goes through. So, uh, but, you know, you just, I would just wake up. Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, four in the morning. And I'm going to go up there and start working on these toys and try to get so much released. And it was really fun. So that that's how I started, you know, just like anything that you want to get into at this point, you can just kind of watch some sort of YouTube video. And uh, that's really where it went from there. And then I, then I got involved and started talking to other artists and they would give you little hints and tips and things like that. So that's how. Yeah. So I started uh, when I was looking up all old toys and things that you had made rebel, is it rebel scum comes up mm-hmm. in the forum. And so, yeah, it was like a time machine, right? Like all the posts are 2011, 2012, and I'm reading. Wow. Yeah. And it like, seems like it was, uh, <laughs> seems like it was uh, like not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I'm there's it gets older to like 2006, and and the website is super janky. It's it looks like it's 2006. Oh yeah. And what you're describing, like it had a list of all these artists, right? So, and mm-hmm. almost all of them don't exist and they, Is that right? yeah. And they're uh, doing the head swaps and they're doing the, mm-hmm. oh, we dusted up a stormtrooper or something. And then at the bottom of the list, you have, uh, it's you and there was killer and uh, suck Lord. And mm-hmm. then you click it and you see like all of a sudden this huge like dimension shift, right? Like no longer swapping heads, but you're like creating right crazy it was such a cool thing to see oh that's awesome man i'm glad that's it it's neat that i had a little little piece of that history you know i love that and especially being mentioned with suck lord and being mentioned with you know killer and uh, i'll tell you another artist that i just still to this day i collect anything star wars wrestling he puts out is healy made yeah uh yeah you know dave i i you know i i still message him like hey can you just put me on a subscription list somehow so i don't miss these releases you know so i still i have a ton of his stuff upstairs so i'm really still a fan and i'll still buy uh pete stuff you know he's obviously got these phantom star killers coming through super seven and whatnot i'll pick a few of those up a year you know just kind of add to the menagerie of toys i have upstairs you know yeah so you, when you start creating and you're, and you're in the process of learning, um, cause you said that you would go to conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. What does it look like in the beginning for you to figure out, man, how do I get into a convention or how do I do this type of stuff? Well, you know, I did, I, I was going at more as a fan than, mm-hmm. than as an artist. Uh, I recently got to go to Decon for the first time this year because I went yeah. with, uh, I went out there with Dove and uh, I signed, there's a, a resin masters uh, print that I believe Jason Chalker did. And he did like all these resin artists, um, like their best figure, or at least their most colorful one that would make the picture good. And they put my gumball R2D2 nice. on there. And, uh, and he's been getting signatures from all these different artists for years, but he has to, he didn't want to send these prints off. He wants to, uh, you know, have you come out and sign them. So I went out there and signed them just a few months ago. Um, so that's really the only designer convention, like Decon's the only one that I've been to. And that was just literally a few months ago, I think in November. Yeah. And uh, as far as the other conventions, 
it was more of me going as a fan, to be honest with you. So I wasn't like out there. I wanted to, I thought it was really, really cool. But at the time I was in um, a job where I worked on Fridays and Saturdays. So I couldn't uh, get yeah. out of, yeah, I couldn't get out of it. I could only go to conventions really on Sundays. Um, you know, coming up with ideas and things, I think one of the things that started plaguing me as an artist is how can I do more? What's the next one going to be? How can I make this better than the last one? And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm not happy with the fact that arms and legs don't move anymore. So now mm -hmm. I'm starting to cast very small parts and put them together. And I want the paint jobs better. Now I want to create packaging that you can open and close, but it still looks finished. So I had some clamshells made. So there's this progression. And then I got all the way to, I made Slimer the Hut, which was like a huge undertaking. And, you know, there, that's about the time that I got into the arcade side of things and started working on video games and things like that. So, so when you first start making, what is the first toy, if you remember, that you realized this is, this is going to be my thing? Like this is where I'm headed. So the first few toys I made, I, uh, I can, you know, I'm blurry memories. Someone's mm. going to be like, that's not the way it went. You know, they watched this <laughs> in my head, in my brain. Um, the first things I made were these Breaking Baddie figures. And that mm. was my, it was like, well, we just watched Breaking Bad. A yeah. Series, and I wanted all these, you know, different limb swaps and different paint job figures that were unarticulated. I wanted them to all have a story of how they were all in this drug world within Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And that's like R2-D2, the gumball, when it looks like a gumball machine, you really he's like peddling pills or whatever. Yeah. And then there was one that was more of an assassin. There was one that was more of a, you know, this or that. So they had all these little stories on the back. So I thought it was kind of fun. I made this little universe. And one of the first ones I did for Clutter's Gallery of mm -hmm. uh, the in-action figure show I did it with two figures on the same card and I kind of split the card up and everything. And that was like the first, like, man, that's really neat. And it's something different. And, and that's when I was like, man, I love this. So uh, the R2-D2, I released them in little baggies, the gumball. And then I had an artist, I designed a card and I told an artist that was a watercolor artist. I said, would you do a watercolor card back for me? Let's do the same art, but do it in watercolor. Rad. And I was like, that'd just be kind of fun. And uh, it was those like little fun ideas that just started bouncing around. And I was like, man, that's, I love this. You know, I'm actually creating toys and people really love them. So um, then I thought I felt, you know, like I needed to do a little more. So and I yeah. just progressed. Like, yeah. So, and, and you progressed like crazy, right? So like you have, uh, I, I saw uh, Butt Face in Space. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that went to San Diego Comic Con. That was at one of Dove booths there. Yeah, yeah, that was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. So, crystal clear, uh, is it crystal clear resin on his head? So I had um, that was one of the that was there's was a really fun transition there. I was like, I want their arms, I want his arms to move. That was mm -hmm. the first figure I think I said I'm going to have articulated arms, and then. So I was like, how am I going to do it? So I'm going to embed earth magnets in the shoulder joints, in the arm joint. So then there's, you know, and then you can yeah. just turn it and his arms move. So the, uh, that I did that. And then I was like, okay, I want him to have 
this space helmet. And actually, it was like the lid off of a, a perfume bottle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna put him in that. And it's gonna be his helmet. It's gonna be really <laughs> cool. And uh, that's that's how I once I cast that and I was able to spray it with you know clear you know gloss spray and it held and it looked perfectly see through and I put them on there. It was awesome. That was a really fun figure. And I just like started experience with dry brushing. I remember at that time experimenting with it. And uh, then I glue them all on the card. And I'm like, why don't I make their arms move? Yeah. And no one's going <laughs> to open this damn thing. Yeah. So uh, later on, that's why I made clamshells that could open up. So you take the figure out, play with it, and put it back in and perfectly display it. And it's not like you ruined it by opening it at all. Yeah. Because so. you – so when you start doing the articulation, are you one of the first that starts to articulate these characters, like to make them almost playable at the time? I feel like it. Yeah. Cause I don't think anyone was like molding fronts and backs of torsos and le- I mean, yeah. we're talking uh, a lot of, lot of work at that point. And, uh, and most people that were getting into this, this was a, a new thing to them. And, yeah, I feel like my because I know Sucklord was still and I, I again now I've been out of the scene a little bit so maybe yeah. everybody's doing this now I have no idea yeah. so at the time I felt like I was the only one doing it you know other than with magnets and that was how I saw a way to do that but then I was like you know I can cast these parts tighter and smaller uh, and <clears throat> this is without getting you know, a factory to make these parts and me putting them together. And I th- I know there's some artists that do that now, uh, or there's people that 3d print that do that as well. And this was all with pre like, 3d printing. Like I know that's more widespread at this point as well. And I didn't do any of that. I didn't have it. I'm not, I still don't have a 3d printer. So I don't yeah. know what that's like. It sounds like, it sounds great. You yeah. know, <laughs> compared yeah. to what I was doing. It sounds awesome. Uh, but I cast, I uh, know I did Boscow like that. Slimer the Hut still had magnetic arms, but that was like a big, heavy piece of resin there. The um, the Blackula mm-hmm. might have been the first one I did like that. Okay. And I did a whole, a whole lot of work to make his head have like an afro and the little fuzz on the side of his cheeks and stuff. I did a lot of work with Sculpey or whatever clay or polymer clay I was using at the time. And... Um, the black yellow might have been the first walking, moving, you yeah. know, part action figure. And then I did the those uh, Mars attacks looking, you know, Tar Tar Martian. I think that went to San Diego Comic Con the next year. Yeah. And by that time, I was like, I can't. Once I ended, once I felt like I did that, I couldn't go backwards. Like I always felt like, uh, like I think I might have released a little muscle man or something at, mm-hmm. at some point, and that was only that was better than that. It was like everything needs to move. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard for me to take a step back once I let that genie out of the bottle, if you will. So yeah. But I feel like yeah, maybe I was the first. I didn't really think about it like that. I was just doing my thing. I didn't really try to worry about too much other. But but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be someone again. I feel like. <laughs> This is action figures have been around so long. It's not yeah. that big of an innovation, but it's from an indie scene, maybe. Yeah. You know, that was how it was. Which is crazy, right? So it's 
there's something so special to have people on the podcast and they'll make a statement of like, I might've been the first, which is such a right. crazy statement, right? Like that is right. insane. <laughs> yeah. I, at least with the first, you know, yeah. if not. So, um, yeah. Cause I don't remember many people doing anything articulated. And if they did, it was with magnets at the time. So. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. So you, you, you're starting to do that. And then you, there's a picture where you have uh, the Martian, mm-hmm. Slimer, Han Solo, and Gumball, and they're all in one yeah. picture. And it's this like universe oh, yeah. that you've built. And what is crazy is when you look at Slimer the Hut, it look it's on a different level, right? Like it's a massive right. piece of resin. Yeah, it's huge chunks. There, yeah, for sure. and so when you were doing toys and you were creating this whole universe and you were doing these things, what, or where did these ideas like seem to stream from the most for you? Where were you looking for things and all that? You know, I, I remember I had a, just a notepad on my phone and if mm-hmm. I thought of, if I saw, I would watch movies and or I would watch TV and then just anything in pop culture. And if it was, uh, or something that I felt like just didn't have a fair chance or where would these characters be without the movies? Like, where would they go? Like if you ever collected garbage fell kids, I think they have like, you know, the more modern ones, they'll have the, where are they now? Yeah. And it's like, you see this, what they look like in the eighties. And now they're like either in a wheelchair or, yeah. <laughs> or they've had work done. If they were ghastly back then, they're all, like, yeah. all beautiful now or whatever. So it, that was kind of an approach I looked at or just a straight mashup. Like, um, you know, I saw, I was watching Ghostbusters and I saw Slimer and just the creases he had were kind of some of the same creasing that Jabba the Hutt has, you know, as a, as a model. And then I was like, well, I got a really cool Slimer figure I can model off of and I'll have to like get a little more creative on the tail side of it. And then, when I was making the dais that he sits on, I saw those little, you know, the the little um, kind of gargoyle-looking heads. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I got a Lego terror dog that has terror dog. <laughs> I put those terror dog heads on there. And so, you know, just it can just be anything like that. Um, yeah. With Blackula, it was like, I had, you know, I had an old Dracula action figure. And I was like, well, you never made Blackula. Well, I'll make yeah. him. Hell, I'll do it. You know, like, you know let's do that and I thought the card art was really fun on that and that might have been the first could have been one of the first clamshell figures I did because mm-hmm. I wanted you to be able to open it up and play with it you know or pose it with I have a picture with it with like a Buffy action figure that came out Super 7 had done and then someone made a Peter Vincent figure from Fright Night yeah and I have them all three and I thought that was like kind of a fun you know picture Having another one where he's holding Princess Leia's hand and he looks like he's just like, you know, <laughs> macking on her like a like a drac like a vampire would, you know. Yeah. yeah. So when you uh you were talking about you were planning at your schedule with like big toys mm-hmm. and filler toys, did sure. the big toys revolve around uh the conventions that you would send toys with Dove and then the little toys you were just like whatever came to mind you were throwing out? Yeah, you know, I I wanted, there was, I was kind of always thinking about the in-action figure show, and I was thinking about San Diego Comic-Con. So, again, looking back at it, yeah, I guess I was, you know, I didn't think about it at the time. I think I was like, 
all right, I need to get this done. So there's something cool that in action figures, uh, you know, up in the gallery, that'd be really neat. And then I want to have something for San Diego Comic-Con. I can probably get another release out in this time period, you know, and a lot. And I, I got to where I was wanting to put something out really pretty substantial because I didn't, you know, when I put out that frosted Han Solo Pop-Tart, I didn't think I was going to be, you know, at the designer toy awards yeah. in, in New York, you know, over that. So that was kind of a really neat thing. And all of a sudden I was like, well, I want to go to New York every year, you yeah. know? And so uh, the next year I put out another toy uh, that, you know, was up for a couple of awards. And then the next year Slimer the Hut was up for a couple of awards. So uh, then it started being like, all right, designer toy. Award. So yeah, I guess I was kind of pacing things out to hit these notes at different times of the year. And then I wanted something out to stay somewhat on the line to stay relevant in between the bigger things. So. Yeah. Which is crazy. You you said you were working full-time job and then yeah. also cranking this out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would, and I just didn't sleep much. That's all I yeah. <laughs> just say it's a lot. <laughs> I was like, I work on more toys. It was like a uh, little Dunkin' Donuts commercial. How to make the donuts, you know, how yeah. to make the toys and, I just get up in the morning and, and make them and I loved it, you know, and I had still to this day, like I said, there's, there's a fully done toy that's mostly painted. That was a throwaway. It was like from the movie, the void, which is completely, yeah, uh, like it's completely out of the limelight. Now I, I could probably just steal everybody's artwork and put a toy together and be like, here you go. And they'd be like, wow, what's that from an old movie? You know, like it's totally irrelevant at this point. And then <clears throat> a really fun mashup idea that came out great, uh, but it wasn't articulated, but it involves um, flocking, which okay. sucks, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> It's a flock, fully flocked, but it, uh, not an action figure. It's, it, it's in a, unarticulated, but really cool. And a fun mashup idea. And then there's a, uh, and it's all, com the castings are all done. They're sitting in a box. And then my last, like, really big thing is I was going to move into vinyl to a vinyl toy, like mm -hmm. make a big kaiju, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I had to, I, it was, the sculpting was well past my skill level of sculpting. And uh, I had a sculptor sculpt it all out multiple two head two different kind of heads so you could extend this line you know um i've even talked to a i've talked to a um i forget what the american vinyl toy maker is they're out of colorado mm -hmm. so forgive me if you're watching this i probably <laughs> won't care because i haven't paid them anything or done this but the toy's fully sculpted it's in boxes i need to make make molds and casts uh something to send them because i don't want to send them my wax copies of it mm -hmm. so yeah there's literally three toys sitting in my office up there that have been sitting there for going on four years now because in 2017 it was all right i have to devote if i want to fulfill this dream of making this you know arcade i've got to stop everything and just completely pour myself into that and that's what i did it was like almost overnight yeah. So tell me about that arcade. What, what, how did that come to be? How did that all of a sudden just drop in your lap? So I, um, now this is really going back. It's probably going back 14 years. 
Yeah. I went to a place in Dallas called Barcadia, and this was a, a bar, and they had a few vintage old-school arcade games, and a buddy of mine took me there. And I was blown away. I was like, what a great idea. You mm-hmm. know, everybody that loved arcades back in the 80s and 90s are old enough to drink now. Yeah. And somebody said, you know, I believe it was an arcade up in New York. I'm not positive on the origins of the the bar and arcade, barcade combination. But talk about mashups, right? You yeah. know, that's a great mashup. <laughs> and we interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. Toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. I remember thinking, man, if I... Oh, so I go to this place, and it was it was fine. A fine establishment. Great on the bar side of things, but the arcade machines were beat to hell. Mm-hmm. They were... This game and this cabinet, wrong, everything, you know, artwork's torn, shredded, paint's missing. Maybe it's missing a joystick. Maybe it's missing a button. They looked like the arcade machines had been through hell. And I said, man, if I ever did that, I would make it more arcade and really dedicate because all that beautiful side art and all those marquees and the lights and everything. That's what made you love this and the, the nostalgia and the feel of it was so important to everybody that grew up in that time period. That's what I would focus on. And, and you, know, you can drink beer there. That's great. You know, and yeah. have a hot dog or whatever. So fast forward, that's just kind of like pop dream, whatever, who knows you ever going to do it? Probably not. And I was in the middle of making these toys and stuff. And I had a couple arcade machines here at the house. One I just built up out of wood from home Depot and mm-hmm. kind of learned the ins and outs of it. Then um, I won this auction because I was trying to get this Aliens, like from the movie Aliens Shooter. Yeah. And uh, I won this auction. There was three games and three Aliens machines and multiple these giant NASCARs. I'm not, I don't, you know, nothing against NASCAR, but I wasn't a NASCAR fan at the time. But racing games are cool. It doesn't really matter what you're racing, yeah. right? So uh, I ended up winning this Aliens machine, and for some reason, two of them went for like fifteen. One went fourteen hundred dollars, one fifteen hundred dollars. I won for like five hundred bucks. I'm like, yeah. wow! I don't know how I sold this. So cool. <laughs> it was broke. Is the reason, yeah. and it said it in the teeniest small print at the bottom of the page. Yeah. Says does not work. That's all it said. And uh, anyway, and since I had to rent a truck to pick this thing up, I was like, I'm gonna buy one of these big NASCARs. Yeah. That, uh, and it was like two hundred bucks. And it was a huge, you sat in it, it was one of those mo- motion Oh, rad. Okay, so this thing's, so everything online looks a little smaller than what it is, and we get there, and it's the size of a Honda Civic. It's huge! It's like, you know those big projection box TVs yeah. that everybody had like back in the day? That's the back of this thing. And then oh. the other side of it is literally a car, you know, yeah. on a road. <laughs> I'm like, holy smokes. And my wife looking at it going, hey, where are you going to put that? We're putting it in the garage, you know. Yeah. And it took up a whole half of the garage. It's crazy. So I get it home, and that NASCAR was broke, too. I didn't know that. 
And I fixed it that night and I fixed that aliens machine. It took me about six days researching online. And when I fixed them, I went, if I can buy all these things broke and just fix them. And if I did it for like three years, I'll have learned it by then. And uh, that's what I said. So in 2017, I said, all right, I'm going to buy broken games for three years. And then I'm going to open an arcade in the summer of 2020. And that's what I did. <laughs> so that just that's what I did. I just bought broken games, learned how to fix them. I figured if I hated it by the end of the three years, I would just uh, sell them and make more money than what I bought them for because they'd be at least working. Yeah, you know. But I absolutely loved it. And then in the summer of 2020, we opened uh, Electric Starship Arcade, and I literally was all day today at a buddy's house. We were working on boards, you know, Pit Fighter and. Uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. you know, being a Star Wars fan, and uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. So that was what we worked on today. So what's uh, crazy? It's been a lot of fun. So middle of the pandemic or early pandemic, we're still in this thing. You You're open right. this uh, arcade. Yeah. So here's the question. Sure. What were you thinking? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm a moron, <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. You know? I um a plan right like yeah. i said i said all right god steer me right what am i gonna do you know and uh i made a plan i told my wife I said, hey this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna buy arcade machines for three years and i'm gonna open an arcade yeah. and that was the plan so to break it down on a micro level for you it was really quick uh i worked for audi like the car manufacturer yeah this whole time during all of this by the way and uh, I used to I used to work in the used car building. I'd be carving the you know the flag off my figure's <laughs> parts and throwing them in a bag while I was behind the desk. But anyway, um, I had a countdown clock on my desk. They knew when I was leaving, like three years in advance. But I'd been there so long. I'd felt really. I'd been there over ten years. I I would have felt like I was leaving them in a clutch if I just gave them a two week notice. So yeah, a month out was March of 2020. And I said, hey, I'm leaving at the end of March, and I want to prepare y'all, and I'll do everything I can. Well, the first, you know, 10, 12 days, it was like, great, man. Any, no, they, they were like, any way we can keep you, they're trying to, you know, can we do this, can we do that? <laughs> like, no, I really got to follow this dream. If I don't take my shot, I'm never going to know, and I'm always going to wonder what happened. And, uh, by the, you know, by that time, I've already negotiated building space and everything. Yeah. The leases have been signed. Now, day, I think, 12 or 13, I was at Cidercade in Dallas, which is another arcade, you know, uh -huh. and I was doing that with because we'd been going playing pinball and stuff there, and it was very much similar to what I was opening, but on a much bigger, more money-back scale than what I was going to do with my, just me and my, my wife and kids and what, my brother. Uh, you know, we um, so I was there, and the Mavericks were playing, and I think – Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, touched all the microphones and yeah. stuff. And then one of the – some players came down. All of a sudden, Oklahoma City couldn't take the floor, and the NBA <laughs> shut down, right? Yeah. I'm watching the Mavericks, and we're here in – you know, I was in Dallas. We're here in Fort Worth, Dallas. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this COVID thing. Seems like it might be yeah. <laughs> a real big deal. And the next day, like, literally, everything's like – shutting down yeah and then we go into a lockdown 
and I'm going back to work. I'm like, y'all need to keep me on for a little bit. Yeah. All this. And all of a sudden they're looking at the profits going to start doing this. They're like, no, maybe it's good. Your salary and payroll gets off the payroll. So it was good timing to get rid of me. At that point. I already... So anyway, long story short, the lockdown happened right as I was leaving my job for 10 from you know, I'd been at for over 10 years Yeah, and I'm going into a lockdown where I'm basically going to be by myself in a building for three months, building up this arcade, praying that the lockdown ends. And sure enough, here in Texas, it ended um, on, it started, people, they started opening stuff back up mm-hmm. and I was going to open June 5th and I really only got pushed back to June 12th. Okay. So I only got pushed back a few days. And at the same time, the lockdown got lifted, at least for my category for indoor amusement, was also the same time that the TABC came through and let us have our beer license so we Mm. could sell beer. So literally, it was that time period I needed it anyway. And I mean, you want to talk about and being away from everybody i was like quarantine me and bigfoot quarantine champions of the world like no one even <laughs> saw me i was in a building by myself you know for those those months that the lockdown happened so. yeah anyway yeah. so yeah i was crazy it was crazy but it's worked out and it's been really fun so you know yeah. if i hadn't done it then i may have never done it at all so yeah i might have been scared this whole time had it been one month later you know so. but also like yeah what a crazy time to start like in just you have three months to just get it ready just so when you open it's ready it's going you're good right yeah and you'll and i i talk to my wife about this all the time like i started at a little bit of toy stuff at the beginning of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. we got sent home from work like we we got home i took a bunch of kids to camp and did whatever and uh, uh i got home and I was like, oh man, like things seem to be getting not better. So this is weird. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, this seems a little more permanent than I yeah. thought it was going to be. And then it was like <clears throat> Monday, they were like, don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Tuesday morning, we get a phone call that's like, I wouldn't step foot in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we were like, great. Oh. And I, I always tell her, because um, the, the podcast is kind of breathed out of that. It started out on these like videos where we would put them on Vimeo, but I got bored with that aspect. I wanted it more. I wanted it out. And so, um, it's the same thing when you got a passion, that progression just naturally happens. Yeah. Hey, this is going to get better. The mics are getting better. The video is getting better. The format's getting better. I I totally get it. Same thing at the arcade. It was the same thing with toys. Yeah. I constantly want to push the limit and see how how great it can be yeah. yeah so you made a comment that one business if it can run itself a little bit better and everything tightens up a little bit you'll come back to toys heck yeah i mean i love it and i miss it and every time i have a conversation like this or i gotta have to go i'm going to decon to sign something yeah. that i haven't <laughs> worked on and you know it, it feels like it was yesterday, and then it, it does feel like a while because of how long I've been doing the arcade machine. Um, but, yeah, I really would love that, especially yeah. the one, you know, besides the two other things in there, that modeled kaiju, that vinyl toy that I want to release, I think it's 
blockbuster. I think it's really great. And I can't show it to anybody. I can't do anything with it until it's ready. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, uh, and it's all simply just having the time to do some casting. And the great part about it is after that, they can do all the vinyl and send me boxes of it and I can paint it, you know, and it won't be me making each individual part anymore. The parts are made. I just got to make those first molds and send it off, you know, and see how it comes back. And I think it's neat, you know, and it's, I feel like it's a timeless piece. So whenever it does get out, I think it'll be really, really cool. And it will one day, you know, I just don't know when. (laughs) So at least that's getting done before I'm, you know, hang them up for good, you know, at least there's at least one more thing going to happen in the toy realm for Falcon toys. Yeah. What was cool is, uh, so we, I was at designer con hanging out with a bunch of people and, um, uh, I, at some point I had seen janky. So oh was, yeah. Yeah. And we had the greatest conversation with him. That was so fun. Yeah. And so like, I, I talked to, I was talking to Scott a little bit and then janky and hanging out with a guy, another Scott who goes by chicken burger disco. And we're like, That's a great name. Yeah. I love that name. <laughs> and we were like, talking and stuff and uh and then later that night um i got graced with the brilliance of having like uh dustin from block watch and scott cherry and a bunch of janky and uh me oh, yeah. And, yeah all in a room talking and like decompressing and janky was like i got to talk to falcon toys uh, <laughs> and it was like i don't know why it's a big deal yeah <laughs> And so it was cool. Dude. And even now, like uh, I, I'll message him every once in a while. And I was like, Hey, I got Falcon toys. Like he agreed to come on. It was a little hard tracking him down, but it's, it's happening. And he was like, so stoked. He was like, awesome. This is great. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. He was so fun to talk to. I just, it was really neat being immersed into that situation, you know, that the scene again. Right. Yeah. So uh, it was so during that time period just having my name even like I said mentioned with anybody else just like hey you know these are people that make toys and it's like if my name got tossed in there I was always like all right all yeah. right people think I make hey I make toys like when you're a kid you're like can you imagine if someone says hey one day you're gonna make toys I'll be like hell yeah I'm gonna make toys yeah that's great that's the best job in the world right so I, I really love that I mean I'm glad that they touched people at some point you know so that's really really a cool thing so i have one last question and then we'll sure we'll we'll plug everything you want to talk about and then we'll get (laughs) off this um but so when you look over all your years in the toy scene and uh Mm -hmm. working with resin and doing all those things and then now every once in a while possibly chiming in and seeing where it's at how has the scene changed since the beginning of when you started? Like what are, what are the dynamics that just shifted greatly and kind of blew up? So the things that I, I love to see, obviously, are the people that I got to talk to and interact with during that time period that were so friendly and so helpful. And and I always want to be that way. That's why if anyone ever asks me, hey, you want to interview on this? And we're like, well, sure. I mean, I'm just yeah. a regular guy, but whatever, we'll do it. You know, I dig it. So, uh, Killer Bootlegs having whatever the contract is with uh, Super 7 to be able to make his toy a reality, yeah. that's amazing. Um, being able to see 
some of the things that have changed obviously is the 3d printing like mm-hmm. i've seen someone's making 3d printed toys of uh stuff that's on book of boba fett already i mean it's the, uh, the episodes only two or three weeks ago and then boom here's yeah. a toy i mean i couldn't have sculpted something in that time period to even match all that you know or much less come up with artwork for a card back and it was like it's coming out like factory yeah. fast uh, which is really, to be topical, I think, is really an edge. Or to be able, you, if you're not going to be topical, you're going to have to discover something that hadn't been done, which that's also hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the thing with, my best example of this would be the, the show South Park, right? Mm-hmm. So back when Trey and Matt were making South Park originally, they were cutting cardboard. I mean, I remember watching an interview and someone talking about they were ta- they were cutting you know, construction paper and making South Park. But by the time they did all that, it, the, what they were making an episode on wasn't topical. So going digital and going into, you yeah. know, making it in a computer format, they were able to put a show out that was about something that came out that week. And with 3D printing, I think you can do that a lot faster. Uh, does it take a little bit of the art away? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Uh, uh, I wish I could do it, and I can't, so yeah. maybe not. So I don't know. That's something. Um, other things that progressed and was really, really cool, Retro Band, when he started, you know, I love his stuff. I've still got some Retro Band stuff hanging on the wall upstairs. You know, I had like a Critter, and I think he had a Silent Night, Deadly Night, like little Santa serial killer action figure kind of thing. And, um, and then he went into that vinyl scene and started making – you know, these big, beautiful vinyl pieces. And that was so, that was kind of the progression that I saw myself. I was like, man, I'm going to make these toys and I love them, but what's next? What's next? What can I make? What can yeah. I add to the portfolio? And to see these people add those things. And then just the consistent grind of a uh, Healy made mm-hmm. who's still making these beautiful pieces. And it's got a style and a color that I just, an aesthetic that I really love. But then he's also releasing, you know, I, what, what manufactured action figures, you know, and they're great too. And if they're in some colorway that I like, I usually pick those up too. And, and thank God they're less expensive. So, yeah. you know, to see these people get a hold of manufacturing and get a hold, you know, like Super 7 or however Healy's doing it or, Retroband making these vinyl toys. That that's the progression you love to see from what was just indie resin artists, you know. Yeah. And to see them break through is just it's awesome. It's like going to like if everyone went to indie toy school, and then all of a sudden you see these guys, you know, being in whatever professional league this is. It's it's yeah, that's a dream come true, you know. Up oh, suck lord being on. The Goldbergs, you know, that's so cool. You know, yeah. you see, I, that's fun. I just remembered that Adam F. Goldberg from the, the show The Goldbergs, mm-hmm. one of our local artists, he had toys on there. I've had a toy on that show, you know, mm-hmm. and just popped. And I didn't, he, I remember Adam Goldberg's like, I want to put, it was a Mac and Me, you know, from the movie Mac oh, and yeah. Me, which I did for a place called Gallery 88, I believe, again going There's yeah not much room left in there for information but uh the uh that mac and me toy made it on that show and adam goldberg said i'll, I'll send you an episode when we do it and he never did so i thought oh they probably just never did 
And a buddy of mine said, I saw your toy on the show and like sent me like a still shot. I was like, holy yeah. smokes, that was on a TV show. I mean, so just little things like that. But Suck Lord actually starred on the damn thing. So yeah. that's cool, man. You know, that's what you want for any of your brethren to be able to like, break through to that next level, whatever that next level is, which who knew what the next level was for an indie toy artist? You know yeah. what I mean? Like nobody knows that. Just being called artist the first time was really a humbling thing for me. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even think like that. I'm just like, I'm just making toys. You know, I don't, I don't think of it from an artistic standpoint, but when you sit back and you look at it and it's something you can be proud for that moment, it was kind of like, you know, it, it was nice. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. Know? What's crazy is uh, you're talking about um, how quickly the sculpts are coming out. So Desert Octopus does the 3D sculpting uh, okay. book of Bo Boba Fett. And it's like the show comes out and it's within like 24 hours. He's got something yeah. sculpted up and he's just so That's amazing. quick. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Or like uh, and, Tyler Hand. And that artistry is fantastic. You know? Yeah. It, it, that, that's really cool. Uh, Tyler Ham, uh, Culture Pop Toys, they, we just talked. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking, because he sculpts for Mego, and he had said, yeah, my quickest sculpt ever was 90 minutes. I, it's like, get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? It usually takes me 90 minutes just to gather all my shit up. Yeah. You know, like gather like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh damn, the paint dried up in this. You know what other color can I use? I mean, yeah. I was like, what am I gonna make sprinkles out of for these pop tarts? I mean, it was like, yeah, stuff like that. You know, I did uh, the video I watched about that. Uh, he, the guy, I like. I wish I was there in his production. Like, stop looking at your notes and look at your dang computer. Uh, right. But he was recording and he was talking about how you couldn't like. Kellogg's has a special recipe of whatever sprinkles or whatever. So you had to like yeah. grind your own. I had to grind those damn things. <laughs> I don't even remember. Okay. So like you could get the, the right texture, but it would be like the wrong color yeah. material. It wasn't just like you go to the store and get like crystal cake sprinkles. Yeah. I, I wish it would have been that easy. But I had to get like some sort of like little dot things and then grind them out yeah. to make it look like the texture. You know, you had to experiment with that. Like, what is it going to be? And uh, I don't know. You know, I'm glad people liked them. That's all. I guess that's what counts. So much. Which is so rad. Yeah, it, it was uh, so funny to watch the guy do the video. And anytime someone does a toy review, I just laugh because it's like, yeah. Yeah, because it's so funny to see, especially when I get to interact with the artists. And it's like, sure. Yeah, that's a cool toy review. I'm gonna to talk to him about it in 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> I just yeah. <laughs> but yay! Thank you so much for coming on and uh, hey, being a, a part of this. I'm really glad that you know the scene is still thriving, and yeah. uh, you know hopefully I can jump back in it one day. Uh, I don't have much of a plug other than you know anyone in the DFW area in Texas come to our arcade, check it out. I'll get you a beer or something you know yeah so, okay. so I, where are you at where are you i'm in san diego of? california so, so you're in the you know you're right in the mix out there yeah you go out to california like everybody's doing this in texas like it was like me and retro bands and just like you jason chalker used to live here oh yeah that's worth a mention too he's always so nice and he did like the uh 
you know, he, he had the, uh, you remember Pimp 2 D2? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember those were going in, those were like flying off the shelf. Yeah. They were insane. I was like, God, I can't even afford to get one of these things. And everything. and he messaged me and said, Hey, can I trade a Pimp 2 D2 for one of your gumball? Uh, hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, let's do it. And, uh, I remember I went to, um, when I went up to one of the designer toy awards, mm-hmm. He was at New York Comic Con, and he said, "If you're close, come by, and I'll get you in." And like tickets were sold out and everything. And he sure enough badged me up, got me right in the door. Me and my wife, we went to New York Comic Con. So, you know, it's just it was really great. It's great meeting people, you know. And I'm not mentioning 30 people. I'm sure that I can't just can't think of off the top of my head. But it was really neat being in that. I guess that clubhouse of people making toys, at least in that time period. And yeah. the fact that anyone still is interested in talking to me is, is fun. You know, I don't care. It's great. I love it. So. What I love too. So at the end of every episode, I usually have the artists plug or do whatever, or say, how can they find you? And because you don't make toys right now, I, right. I'm probably going to put a little thing that's like, you just send him an email. He'll, he'll get back yeah. to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you still send it to falcontoys at hotmail.com. That was my email address for yeah. anything toy related. And uh, then if you want to like just go down the rabbit hole of me being stupid, Electric Starship Arcade on YouTube. I got a YouTube channel. It's full of videos and it's all about arcade stuff. But, yeah. you know, hopefully I get to put some toys in that display case up there one day. Again, yeah. so. I knew so you'd I'm, been making toys for a while when I saw the Hotmail like that extension yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at least it wasn't like aol yeah <laughs> geo city's website <laughs> like that. go back too far so. hey thank you so much uh i can't wait to put this out it was it's always an honor yeah man i appreciate it uh you know, keep in touch Toys on Tap. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.